Good morning from the Financial Times. Today is Monday, March 20th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Swiss central bankers have brokered a historic crisis merger. The White House is under pressure to guarantee more bank deposits. And the failure of Silicon Valley Bank has been a painful learning curve for tech startups. There's a very clear lesson here that you do not want all of your eggs in one basket. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. It was a frantic and historic weekend for Swiss banking. The country's second largest bank was crumbling. Nervous customers had been yanking their money out of Credit Suisse, and investors were dumping the lender's shares. The Swiss central bank had to do something drastic, so yesterday they got their largest bank, UBS, to buy Credit Suisse for three and a quarter billion dollars. Company's stock traded at a Swiss bank value of $1.86 cents on Friday and is being acquired in stock by UBS for 76 cents. It's a dramatic haircut to its equity price. The FT's Arash Masoudi covered the negotiations and said this is probably a new one for Swiss authorities. No, this is absolutely unprecedented. Uh, and it's sort of an unthinkable episode. I mean, if you think about these two banks in the city of Zurich, they literally are headquartered 100 feet away from each other. The rivalry between these two banks has been immense. And Credit Suisse has existed for 167 years. And now it is being subsumed in a panic weekend by its across-the-square rival in the very parochial Swiss kind of, you know, setup of Zurich. So, Arash, uh, what did Swiss authorities do to broker the deal? After the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, its signature bank, the uh, Swiss Central Bank stepped in and provided a $54 billion credit line. That was designed to basically deal with the the heavy levels of outflows that were coming from Credit Suisse, but it was clearly not enough. And not soon thereafter, uh, UBS was instructed to begin working on a takeover. Yeah, but why would UBS agree to buy Credit Suisse? I mean, Credit Suisse is, is just riddled with internal troubles. Was UBS just doing Swiss authorities a favor? Do they see any value in this? So you could take a very long-term view that one, there is some value here and you've made a good deal because you're picking up something that's worth something for very cheap. And two, you know, you're doing a solid for the Swiss government and therefore they're going to further have your back and probably doing a solid for the global financial system. So that would be the sort of a bull case from UBS. UBS has been awaiting this phone call from the Swiss regulators and Swiss authorities for months. There was a period in October where people there was a panic around the Credit Suisse, and uh, they began basically at that point preparing a playbook for what they would need to do with the inevitable 999 call, or that's equal to 911 here in the UK. The 999 calls came in and this week, and they basically had to open that playbook. So that was the that was essentially the the situation with UBS. Is there any concern that the Swiss National Bank overreached, that they, they went a little too far? At this point, we need to be honest, which is that it is very likely that Credit Suisse was going to be bankrupt if it opened up this week. The, the knock-on consequences of that bankruptcy probably would have had seismic impact on the global financial system. And so I think the Swiss, Swiss would take the view that, and I think it's supported by the U.S. and U.K. regulators, that they've dealt with this now. They fended off what could have been a, a massive, massive scare in the financial system. And, and is there any sense of whether this will work to cap the contagion? 
it's too early to tell. Uh, last week, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank went down. This week, Credit Suisse required a rescue. So we started in the US, now we're in Switzerland. And we're going to have to watch very carefully to see where it goes from here. But it is too early to make a call if we're out of it. It certainly is not necessarily the mood music I'm hearing. Arash Masudi is the FT's corporate finance and deals editor. He also edits our due diligence newsletter. We have a link to that in the show notes. The Credit Suisse deal means big losses for its shareholders and bondholders. So just hours after the UBS merger was announced, several major central banks came out with a plan to improve U.S. dollar liquidity. It's to guard against additional stress in the markets. The group includes the Federal Reserve, the European Central Bank, and central banks in England, Canada, Japan, and Switzerland. They jointly agreed to make funding available via standing swap lines on a daily basis. Previously, this was done weekly. The central bankers said in a joint statement that the move will ease strains in global funding markets. Let's take a look at the U.S., where the banking troubles all started, first with the collapse of Silicon Valley Bank, then Signature Bank... We've got First Republic teetering. Anyway, the Biden administration is trying to restore calm. It's also under pressure to expand the U.S. government's guarantee on bank deposits. Currently, it insures up to $250,000. Here's the FT's Joshua Franklin with more. I don't think you could underplay how big an impact that would have on banking. This would have potentially huge ramifications in terms of how people looked at the the safety of banks, but also potentially how banks are run. Uh, not to say that just because deposits are, are guaranteed that, that banks would be, you know, overnight would go into even riskier casinos than some people already look at them as, as they are. But when you know you have a government guarantee across all of your deposits, that, that will certainly have a big impact on how banks are run. Now, we should be clear that any change is still far off. Right now, it's largely political debate. Who in banking wants this? So you've got a number of the bank lobby groups uh, who have said that that they would support this, especially lobby groups for um, the smaller and and regional banks, which are coming under a lot of pressure with with deposit outflows at the moment, because there's been this big flight to quality for the the bigger banks that are seen as uh, as being safer in the event of of a crisis. But the crucial thing to remember is that Biden administration on its own doesn't have the the unilateral power to um, lift the the deposit insurance. That actually now requires an act of Congress, and that's because of um, the Dodd-Frank Act coming out of the, the last financial crisis. You mentioned deposit outflows and a flight to quality. That's been another effect of this banking crisis. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, no, there definitely has been this kind of so-called flight quality during this period. Because you look at the the biggest banks, you know, the J.P. Morgan Chases, the Bank of Americas, the Wells Fargo's, they're deemed systemically important to the U.S. economy and to the global economy. So there's this feeling, there's this almost implicit government-backed guarantee of banks like this, because the the government just wouldn't allow these banks to fail. Is is how a lot of a lot of customers and a lot of people look at these things. So they feel that they're you're safe putting your money in there. So you're you've seen this kind of migration of money of deposits from the smaller banks to the bigger banks. And that's definitely a a trend that a lot of people do feel like is going to to continue and exacerbate. And that leads on to this broader question that's about the U.S. market. And in the U.S., you have, you know, around 4,000 banks. Uh, And there's this perennial question about whether or not the U.S. actually needs all of these banks. And so this could be a scenario where that question is answered in a pretty meaningful way. Joshua Franklin is the FT's U.S. banking editor. 
past two weeks have been a rude awakening for startups. Well, I spoke to one founder who told me we got our MBA in corporate banking. And I think there's a very clear lesson here that you do not want all of your eggs in one basket. That's the FT's U.S. banking editor, Andrew Edgecliff Johnson. He's been speaking to founders about the Silicon Valley bank collapse. When the money's flowing, you pay less attention to it. And this is a group of companies for whom the money has been flowing. Uh, The venture capital ecosystem has been flush with cash. They've been very eager to deploy it with these exciting new startups. And the exciting new startups have been very focused on other things, namely growth. They've not been thinking very much about risk. And the usual balance in a company that grows more slowly is between that growth appetite and that consciousness of potential risks. And here, the picture we're getting of Silicon Valley and the startups around it is of that balance getting knocked off balance, essentially. Edge says venture capitalists are now advising the startups they work with on how to manage their cash. So what we've seen from some of the VC groups, uh, big names like General Catalyst and Greylock, is they're now saying you need to diversify your risk. You need to keep accounts with two to three separate banks at a time, including one of the big four banks like Bank of America, Citi, JP Morgan and Wells Fargo that you know the government is going to stand behind. So it's a very fundamental piece of advice like that that we're hearing from the venture capital community now. That's the FT's U.S. business editor, Andrew Edgecliff-Johnson. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for the latest business news. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Hi, this is Janice Torres from Yo Quiero Dinero. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Copyright 2024.